You're listening to The Legal Eagle with Marsha Chambers, and her guest today is J.C. Wyatt, candidate for governor. Welcome to The Legal Eagle, where we explore the legal issues of the day, especially in Connecticut, where we originate. We look to the criminal and civil justice system, both at the state and federal level, and we talk to lawyers, judges, legislators, and candidates for public office who will be making law. Today, we welcome J.C. Wyatt to WNHH, <clears throat> our New Haven independent radio show. J.C. has long been one of Branford's most fascinating political candidates. We have written a lot about her as part of the Branford Eagles coverage of our town. J.C. describes herself as a business entrepreneur, and she has explored a number of fields, including landscape architecture, designing buildings. Once she was a model back in the day, uh, she is currently a member of Bramford's Parks and Open Space Authority, and she is a frequent speaker at public meetings and hearings. She makes her thoughts and her thoughts known. Underlying all her pursuits, J.C. has had a political bent, as we in Bramford know and appreciate. But even we were taken off guard when we learned that J.C. was seeking to become the state's first transgender candidate for governor. And when we sort of looked at that article, we raised our eyebrows and we said, hmm, I thought she was running for first selectman. But what made you interested, J.C., in running for governor? Thank you again, Marcia, for having me here. And um, the reason that we're doing why I decided to go even farther beyond just looking to become a first selectman of the town of Brantford and become our next governor is there is such a bigger passion for where I see we can lead people in the state of Connecticut and turn it around. I'm running as a Democrat. Okay, I, I, I'm not happy with Wynne Malloy. Okay, mm -hmm. this is the opposite of what my party would should be saying to me. I think Malloy is doing a terrible job here in Connecticut for our, him to be our governor. And the people of Connecticut have had enough of it. And mm -hmm. there's people from Greenwich all the way to Hartford reaching out to me from all different wells to anybody who's struggling to tell me that you are doing the mission that we need done to have somebody come and lead our state. And again, on the Democratic side is where I'm hoping to, you know, lead us in a better direction to keep Connecticut blue. And this is my passion. I see my potential, my experience, the plans, the ideas, and I'm going to offer these things over the next year of my candidacy as becoming governor, the candidate for governor. Let's tell our listeners a little bit about your political background, because this is sort of fascinating, because you're now running as a Democrat. But I can remember in the day, uh, maybe four years ago? Um, the 2011 election, I think. 11? Okay. Now, you started your own party, in effect. Well, I actually started as a Republican. Yes, yes because you started I, as a Republican. So give us a little bit of the history. Why I like to bounce around? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why okay, you so like to bounce I, around? I have obviously Republican mindset, business plan. You know, ex, my, the no, that's been your, your that's been your your thing. Yes. So I, but I don't feel comfortable as a Democrat. I mean, sorry, as a Republican. Right. I, well, I went to that group and naively not knowing they were running me as a tax collector, which at that time was running, running against a Democrat tax collector that has been winning and winning and gets in men or votes. So me learning from the Republicans that I just did not feel like family. I felt like I was being taken advantage of and filling a spot that they wanted done. So when I decided to look beyond the Republicans and left them, I realized I still want to run for office and be a first selectman of Branford. The best way for me to go next was to be independent. I saw the, how I can do it and run it myself. Mm -hmm. We did pretty well, obviously. I mean, we got almost... 
you think was 2% of the vote and for an independent to actually win, that wasn't where I was thinking I was coming from, but it was the point is I wanted to make my shot that people had the opportunity to not just have to vote Republican or Democrat. We offered that. Then, well, let me just interrupt for one moment. What was fascinating to me was what went into the work of becoming an independent candidate. And and tell us a little bit about that, because it's not like you haven't had any experience organizing. Oh, no, no, because that helps behind where I was heading to with this, because I had to get signatures. I had to set up my booth on the green, put my logo, put my name on the shirts mm-hmm. that I wanted people to realize there's an independent on the, the ballot. I did the debates. First time we had to have three podiums and I always win the middle spot. And I always I always heard I won my debates. That I was very, very yes, good yes, at telling. Yes, you, you, you were very good as a debater, yes. So it's the party is, again, it was just the making sure I was getting myself out there. And it's maybe this all was that experience that people say the lack of political experience. I actually have quite a bit involved. What people like about me is that I'm not a career politician. I'm not an elected official right now is why they're rooting for me to become the governor. And I think right now when I was able to see the, the uncomfortability of not winning, but at the same time, as the Democrats offered the open hand, they wanted me to come with them. They asked me to come at the end of the election, come which, to their party. Which, what, what year was that? That was last, the season, right. so two years ago. Two years ago. The yes. fifth, 2015. They said, JC, come aboard. Absolutely. We want you involved in our camp and anything we're doing with Democrats. So I joined and became a part of the DTC in 2015. Um, yeah. 15. Yeah. Um, it would be uh, after the election, so it's, I think it's 16. 16, okay. January. Yeah, 16, January 16, right. So two years now. Right, right, right. And I'm fail. They're incredibly supportive. They're seeing where I can head in this. They see the leadership that I can offer, even if I do run for Slackman and Brantford this coming year. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So if you're running for governor, and mm-hmm. that, that race is next year. 2018. 2018. But we, but on the municipal level, uh, we have an election coming up in 2017. Correct. Correct. Actually, soon. <laughs> a couple, uh, this ends of yeah. this year. <laughs> and I don't get any sense yet from either party who exactly they're putting up, except I, well, obviously we have a first selectman on the Republican side, and presumably he will run, uh, Jamie Cosgrove. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so are you thinking of running for first selectwoman as well? Yes, I am definitely interested. Um, It's really the Democrats that are going to have to come together to help me feel that I should be the nomination, too. I already made it clear to them and my intents that I wish to be. So I can. I still can even hold the position for a year and several days before if I did win as governor, it's going to lead me to the real job that I was looking for. So I'm positioned myself that I would even be able to put my second selectman to become the first selectman here in Brantford if I did win in the governorship. So I can actually do the things, but better things for Brantford. If I run and do, obviously, what I'm doing as governor, if I do become our governor, Brantford's going to be protected. <laughs> I'm going to be able to understand the protections that I want for our town, too, and also see the leadership that we can offer Brantford and the people, too. So it's a bonus for Brantford for helping me become governor of the state of Connecticut. Right. So you would be thinking of running for first selectman if you won You'd stay for a year. There would be um, a so-called second selectman that you would choose would then become, I'm just trying to explain this to the to the listener, would then become the first selectman. And do you have any idea who that might be? 
I do not at this time. Again, okay. it's the Democrats that would end up needing to figure out how they're planning to operate yes. this. And we're going through our cycles and how we are going to vent the people and find the actual candidates. So they are, I mean, obviously this is a good twist to it, but at the same time is they have to put down more of their efforts too to make yes. what they want their path right. and brand And, and have you discussed this with the DTC? Yes. Uh-huh. And what has been their response? Um, we're going to go through the vetting process. They want to get all the candidates and focus on RTM seats, and then they're focusing on the other seats down the road. Right. So I'm letting them do what they need to. They know right. they're, I'm at the meetings. They know what's going on. They're involved. They most likely will endorse me. So it's up to them to physically get their job done. I could only lead so many people to the bath. I knew that everyone has got to jump in, eventually take it in. That's right. You're exactly right. And they have been a bit slow. Well, <laughs> That's me talking about I'm you. not a slow person. That's why I have a whole other project building behind me from creating websites, logos. And I'm on TV. I'm not so much internet at access right now. Um, I, I see myself everywhere. And our Facebook is growing and the sport's growing. So I'm so happy to see this on our way. To our listeners, we are talking today with J.C. Wyatt of Branford, who is running for governor of Connecticut in the next election. Uh, and she's here to discuss her reasons and uh, what her plans are uh, for changing the way that Connecticut operates. Um, so um, let's see. Um, did uh, Donald Trump's win inspire you? The fact that he had never held... <clears throat> even a local public, he'd never even been on the, the local commission that you're on. He's had no experience in government. Did that, ins but you have, but did it inspire you that someone like him could win the presidency of the United States? Absolutely. Um, I'm a Trump supporter. Okay. I have no problem being a Democrat and saying I can support Trump being our president and say he is my president. I grew up in New York city Part of my life because I learned my architecture background from there. Mm -hmm. I have a degree from New York Institute of Technology. Love buildings, been a passionate since I've been a child. Mm -hmm. Loving construction and understanding how to make things into what I want. And I'm somebody, when I say I want to do something, I follow through. So I wanted to leave Brantford and go to a bigger city, and New York was my option. And I went to New York, and I was fascinated by the buildings and going into Trump Tower and going to see his name all around the corner where I was actually in school. <laughs> right when he bought golf in Western Building and bought the now Trump International, I saw that going up during my, my time in New York. It inspired me, and it's a story that I was just connected to. And I liked his whole uh, uh, angle of his business and how to make buildings and, and quality of life is how I saw it. But his businesses are one thing, and right. his set of beliefs are another. Absolutely. there's a. It's like two different people. I, so, I mean, I can't always agree everything he's saying. I, I, it's him. I'm not his Twitter person, you know, whoever's typing for him, or <laughs> if it's him. I'm not. But it's inspiring that I can see somebody who is not the politician in our country, and that person has to follow the path of either senator, you have to go this, 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 and this, to become this near president. I could be the next president. Okay, I could be down the road of where I'm heading. We don't have any guidance where we can only lead ourselves. That's the only mm -hmm. way to say it. So I am definitely in K. I'm not an anti-Trump person. I'm not going to have messages out there like several, several Democrats that are out there in our, our leadership from, uh, you know, legislative to Congress people. I'm not an anti-Trump person to say that. That's not my mission on this. My mission mm -hmm. is to become the governor of Connecticut. I'm looking out for the people and how we solve our problems and make people have more money in their pocket and stop taxing everything and anything we can when there is solutions out there that we can physically make happen. Because a developer 
needs to help run our state right now. We need to build and create the qualities and the negotiations that need to be made done to make things happen and bring businesses back the wealth back to Connecticut. They're leaving in droves. And we have to also look for that major person that's struggling. There's things that we can offer to many people that need to get out of the situations they're in, and we can do that. We, meaning we, I'm not the only one. I'm going to get people involved. This is how I am. I like to hear other people's points, and the people need to talk to me. So when, when after you announced, um, well, you filed your papers, and all of a sudden... There was a story by the in the Connecticut Post uh, announcing that you were running for governor. Tell us what's happened since. What's been the reaction <laughs> around the state and and from others as as this evolved? So this has been one of the most incredible pieces of my life that I've ever seen come together in every step along the way that had to happen in the best for me. The right phone call, the right person getting involved, anything that should have maybe distracted got pushed away. If I, I was never found the path to victory seen in front of me ever in my life of something that I've done many things. This is coming so clear. It's like it's meant to happen. And I see the positive of where we're heading with this. So after I got the phone call from Hartford, within 45 minutes, I was national news. It is all over the country. There's like 64,000 links on Google if you type JC for governor. Our Facebook, I had thousands of friend requests in literally an hour. This thing exploded. Mm -hmm. People know that I'm the first transgender candidate running for governor in the United States for the state of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And yes, you just heard that. Nobody knows really a lot about my past and my background, but it didn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) The Eagle has interviewed you many times. (laughs) And I don't think I've ever heard that word in my conversations in any of my interviews. Right. Right. Right, It was not important. So that point of it, it became national news. So I saw it there. I saw it on the internet. It was listed in the New York Times. It's in Minnesota. It's in California's news. It's down in Louisiana. It's everywhere. And I'm like, that is a major major victory for me i just told the world what i'm doing not just Bradford, connecticut <laughs> that's exactly right and, and it took off took off we have got so much support i got so many phone calls that are you're we're in they're not even asking i i've read it i've seen it this is the mission we needed someone like this to step from the democrat party to start making this whole new movement that needed to happen in the side this group okay so now given that background you are also trying to obtain public financing. Correct. Which is separate and apart from any other, you know, donation or endorsement or whatever you're getting via social media or in other ways. So tell us about how that's going, how, how the public financing is going and what is required of you for the position of governor. Okay. So um, again, after we had that information that we got back that my papers were filed and done and complete, and then the happily the all news and then all the media around Connecticut has hard for, hard for current, everything has started writing everything. So it all's out there and been on TV stations and I appreciate it. And um, the welcoming came. So from there, what's happening is over the next year, again, I have all the way until we find out if Malloy will primary me. I mean, if he runs, we're primary. We're, we're going all the way. You're going to primary the governor. Absolutely. Uh-huh. We Good. can. can. <laughs> The way we can is we got to qualify for the financing. So what happens is... Or in, anyone else? Um, anybody can do this who wishes no, no, to get involved. The they have, what do you mean by others? Uh, so there might be other candidates. But, so. Yeah, well, anybody could... 
become a candidate for governor. Right, they have right. to physically file their papers and be able to qualify at the 250000 We have to raise 250000 in small contributions. Okay, so that's, let's talk about that. So $250,000 in contributions up to what number? $100? Is it? Um, right. So anybody could give $5 each to the campaign. They can give $100, but when they hit 100 so they could give $10 over the next 10 months and they're done. Mm-hmm. Or they can give 100 up front and that's it. They um, cannot give a gown. So it's $100 is the maximum per person in the state that can give. It doesn't actually be the state. It could be anywhere around the country that can give us money. Now, from, but cover- 80% from covering other uh, elections, that's not so easy. From what they say, it took boy, 14 months. Mm-hmm. Well, I am already have already... 15 months to do this. So I'm I'm ahead and we already have money coming in. And what's happening is we're in the process of getting a process. This happens so quickly. I'm waiting for my state to approve all of our online forms that have to be approved. Our our physical contribution form has to be approved. We have a state of officer that's in charge of me and my account for this. So I have to follow procedures and they're looking out and helping me Mm -hmm. to make sure we have everything dotted to eat and everything's ready for the public. So the state has a whole process by which they help you do this. And are you halfway done or? We are almost to completion, even though I needed to have everything where we needed to head and I was planning to launch in May. Okay, these papers were exposed before we were ready for it. So now the point is catching up. So in May, we will start processing everything electronically, be able to go online. The website will be all the videos are being made about my mission and how we're going to get people to be involved, volunteerism, and just making this a great movement for people to love and follow the passion behind me. And I'm just the messenger, but I want you to also agree and want to be part of this group because there is so many reaching out right now. When we start massing out to the millions in the state, this is going to help. And we're going to take it piece by piece. Public meetings, getting people involved, listening to causes and what we can do. I will help speak for it if you wish. We're getting out there. So on the mission right now, we'll go back to this money. So. We're already raising money. We mm-hmm. officially can. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between people that are exploring out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, you could think about it, but if you're exploring, you you, you have mm-hmm. limited assets, access to what you really want to follow through. I'm done. I know where we're heading with this. I, there's only one other Democrat candidate in the group that's mm-hmm. actually pretend, you know, planning to run. So if Malloy primary runs we would primary him Mm -hmm. because if i qualify next year before primary we have to have the two hundred fifty thousand dollars. we qualify they would they at the at the democrat not um democrat um convention in connecticut i would be then there asking them to vote for me we have position power now when you say we do you have a team yes uh-huh. We mm-hmm. meaning the people coming behind me that's going to vote for me. Mm-hmm. Do you have an actual team that's working on your yes. campaign? Yes. And uh-huh. if anybody anybody else wants to get in board, please do, because <laughs> we are actually even going to have employees. We're getting the paperwork that we can have employees in our campaign from mm-hmm. Hartford. Mm-hmm. So tell us what you do. Uh, what's your day job? Um, I work in retail. Mm-hmm. And my biggest thing that I do is I'm a caregiver, caregiver for my mother who mm-hmm. had a stroke. Uh-huh. It's a huge process, and she's heading into dementia, and mm-hmm. you might see her over the videos in the past mm-hmm. in Brantford. Um, it's a big part, as dementia is a huge part of mm-hmm. uh, this situation when people get older, of the confusionness and the needing that someone needs to be there to watch and make mm-hmm. sure she's you know, not hurting herself and things mm-hmm. are growing. So my day job, too, is not only really consumed on this project, because mm-hmm. I'm literally, literally working almost like, I hate to say it, like, 15 hours a day, I am working heavily on getting things organized, ready, 
Um, there's a lot behind the scenes, the videos, making mm-hmm. things happen, making all of these paperwork get, just, you know, put together and um, just talking to people. That's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Getting online and being able to be easily accessible that uh-huh. people could go to my Facebook and talk to me, mm-hmm. listen to whatever they want me. They ask me hundreds of questions and I'm there. And they say, that's what's so genuine about you. Mm-hmm. We can get to you. And you're real and you're the person that I can actually feel and emotion what I have an issue with and tell you about it. And I respond, not like a politician, because I'm not. I've talked like a regular person. Right, right. And so uh, since you were once a Republican, this is my was, <laughs> was, was, I guess, was that true? Yes. 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 Um, where, does the Republican Party in Connecticut play any role in how you see your campaign Absolutely. Okay. Could you tell us about that? Sure. So I already did reach out to you in the DTC, the Democratic Town Committee people, Mm -hmm. the uh, the chair of our uh, state, and the RTC of the state Republican. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, I'm here. I'm willing to listen. I I have plenty of things planned in the mission where I understand where our Republican point of view would go. And I want you to understand I agree with some of it or not just agree. Here's what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. if you want to agree with it, you're more than welcome to cross endorse me. You can actually agree with me. You could get on my page and say you're supporting us. There's no one stopping you. And what is your page? Is Facebook JC Wyatt? No, it's that's my modeling page, which everyone's going to. No, it's it's <laughs> Facebook slash Governor Wyatt. We created the branding Governor Wyatt on everything. It's just the logo and the name that made sense for the campaign. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I'm J.C. White candidate for governor, but Governor Wyatt is where you will search for on Facebook. And you could add yourself and please do. You will be able to go online and obviously eventually be able to add a contribution, five bucks, whatever you wish to do. If you want to volunteer, if you want to get involved, if you want to say a support message and put a video, I'm going to vote for J.C. Wyatt. We are going to take anybody's interest of how they want to get involved in whatever we can do are you actually going to open up an office or uh does that is that a passe now yes 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 oh yeah we eventually it's growing to a point that i do this office where you know do so much but we're having sort of the same version of what we're dealing with here (laughs) we have to operate out of a smaller space and get ready Mm -hmm. you know this isn't about me spending money this is about us putting in the money in the bank being prepared to where we need to go i'm a business person too Mm -hmm. okay not just the developer and understand the business behind building buildings, but business. And I know we got to make more before we spend it. So I want to make sure the little things that I'm able to cut in cost, we are really spent a little less than a hundred dollars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's just, I'm good at making things function and get done. And that's where I'm going to be with this. And I really much involved the people involved. I'm training people. Mm-hmm. I want them to learn the process of the campaign. But um, when you talked about the Republicans can reach out, I will listen. Don't think I'm not just because I'm running as a Democrat. I am very open to Republicans. People say is, you sound like a Republican. What are they supposed to sound like? I said, this is me. I'm a Democrat. I might be the new different leader in the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. Don't think I don't have Democrat values. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with many things they're saying. There's a family oriented feeling on the Democrat side. And I totally agree, though, that I will not be against Republicans because they are going to be my allies, too. And this would lead for me to win this, too. Okay. well, one of the Democratic values, uh, of course, is the creation and the support of sanctuary cities in Connecticut. Um, And that has long been part of their set of principles. Um, Tell us your views on that. I understand they might not necessarily be along the lines of uh, the Democratic uh, thought process. Absolutely. Um, 
this is probably something that's going to difference between me and a lot of the Democrats mm-hmm. is that I do not think and I'm going to actually not think I don't agree that the state of Connecticut should become a sanctuary state state. OK, OK, mm-hmm. there is city protections. Understandable. I understand. I wouldn't want my mom taken away if I was a child in school. I wouldn't want this force that they're putting upon people. It's terrible. It's a terrible feeling to be disconnected from your own loved ones. Not only disconnected, deported. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) that it's just there seems to be. I you know we're looking at a bigger picture of how we want a solution. Well, not we. Okay, this Mm -hmm. is our president's putting this position down. Um, But we can also, I think, look upon how are we going to solution. Or I would actually bring it out there more this way, Marcia. How is Tony Harp going to solution the $10 million that she could be losing from her state, her city, because she is doing this? Is, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure New Haven doesn't have $10 million to throw around. So I don't have a situation that I think it's more they should look upon the mayors and the leaders right now that might mm-hmm. see this is a great thing and talking about it. Again, there's always two sides. I totally understand and want to listen to what they want to do too. I want to be educated more on what but, they but feel. But you're fearful. You're fearful of what it would do to everybody else if the if the city of New Haven lost that money. Correct. There's a bigger picture in our government position in Hartford for where I'm coming from is about the dollars. <clears throat> Excuse me. The dollars are important. Okay. Mm. And I think we can solution sufficiently how we can solve them. If there is people in New Haven that need to be protected. Help them. How can we get you to wherever we can do to make it positive? Become an American citizen or whatever we need to do. If you need protection, we want to help you make a welcoming way in there. We shouldn't be using our local resources, I think, in this either. It should be a federal position that we open it up more friendly-wise. Mm-hmm. We really can do solutions for anything that we want if we really put our minds to it. And again, Hartford should step up and say, really, we don't want to be a sanctuary state state again mm-hmm. the cities they have choices okay the mayors and the people that are running them they have choices mm-hmm. well i respect them and i will if they feel that they can prove their case to me mm-hmm. that they have to do this because we have 4200 people in the town of new london or whatever it's going to be i will then listen to them and give them my solutions back okay we have 45 people 4500 people whatever i'm going to throwing numbers out here mm-hmm. why can't we make those 4500 people have a better solution as an american life here Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think mm-hmm. that's where it needs to go down the road. Do we get, you know, legal advice for free? Okay, you know, people want to help in my campaign. This is where the state should come together and start doing things because we we hear more about the taxes and the the just the businesses leaving, which I wanted to talk about. Yes, you know, the, there's so many other problems, mm-hmm. but the the just sanctuary situation is not a should be less valued. It's mm-hmm. important. People's mm-hmm. lives are being affected, but at the same time as our leaders in these cities, they're making decisions for a very small amount, I'm going to say inside those groups, that could affect a huger amount of value of the financial responsibility they're going to take away from the people of that city. Mm-hmm. So I think at the same time as those mayors should come up with, and the legislature people in the groups, the elected officials I should be calling them, to how they can get those numbers smaller. Mm-hmm. There is eventually, maybe there is. Whatever amount we can get that number down, mm-hmm. that's the possibility of mm-hmm. getting this moving forward, right. or or to get them full citizenship or whatever. Why not? To, to our listeners, we are uh, talking today to J.C. Wyatt of Branford, who is running for governor. So let's talk a little bit about your state platform. Okay. All right. With uh, and we were talking a little bit about business. You mentioned that just now. 
So as you have taken an overview of the issues facing the state of Connecticut, what pops up in your mind as the top ones that you would address right off the bat? Okay, well, the first one that, I mean, there's so many of them, Marcia. <laughs> I know, I know. What's your well, favorite? Well, economic development, <laughs> you know, taxes and economic development is going to be huge for me. Mm-hmm. Being and showing you how being a developer is going to be better in Hartford than being a politician. Um, but, I mean, we have, you know, solutions for mental health, gun control, gambling. We're going to have solutions for climate control and how we could solution many things to make our state more self-sufficient. We're going to be able to address drug con- control. Mm-hmm. And those are things that I definitely will bring out along the way. And we're going to have schedules and pieces of when you'll see them in our website and mm-hmm. going to launch schedule along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> but let's talk about the money. Okay. Let's, yeah, let's follow the buck. Okay. Let's talk about mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. I think we're like the 44th of 50 states of the worst growth in economic and jobs. Why? What are we doing in our, why in the world are we so focused on not being able to build infrastructure and bring money to the states? One thing that made me really get involved, I'll tell you, in really voicing my opinion why I'm running here. When GE decided to leave and they gave $83 million to Procter & Gamble up in Boston and proposed $359 million development for the city of Boston on 12 acres of land. What in the world? was Malloy. Malloy doing that day if he was playing golf I would be back at my desk if I was in some other meeting this is a meeting you make a CEO call and what can we do this isn't something that may have took maybe a year of him not knowing that's I think he knew that well if he knew mm-hmm. then he just totally sunk the state of Connecticut and that's not your governor then that is somebody that was looking out for somebody else mm-hmm. and I feel that's a terrible way of where he's coming from I don't know. I do not know, Malloy. I don't need to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you really want to know, I'm on a different path. If he wants to reach out, I think he's following me on Twitter from what I understood last time <laughs> I saw. So like, obviously he knows who I am. But if he wants to reach out, my door's open. I'll listen. But this is the point of business. He could not find 12 acres in the state of Connecticut to eminent domain, to give to GE, to let them build the campus that they wanted to. It could have been New London. It could have been Bridgeport. It could have been Stanford. It could have been a town of Brantford. We could have found a way to get that $359 million built in the state of Connecticut. It's the same with UTC going $300 million to New York City. United Technologies is moving a big piece of their company to New York City in Brooklyn. In Connecticut, you could have done it again. These are jobs and values that are sinking because the wealth of Connecticut is not dealing with this tax burden here anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not just struggling anymore. There's also but that's why they probably left was the tax. They are leaving from because they see the state not being able to turn itself around. That's why they're reaching out to me. They heard the voice finally that they're saying, wait a minute, <laughs> there is somebody here that's listening. And that's why they're reaching out to me. There is an estate tax, okay, an estate tax in Connecticut that people who are wealthy are paying millions of dollars just to transfer their money to their children. And that's a difference of where people gift, who are the wealthy, gift tax, the gift tax. people who are wealthy don't want to give up their money. Well, they, right, right, right. Why should and, I? And some are leaving, some are moving from Connecticut. And I think where we need to hit home is those are numbers that should be totally rethought. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to look on how we rebuild Hartford. Not with sports complexes, not with looking at just spending trillions on infrastructure, highway control. There's so much more that we need to do involving that Mm -hmm. riverfront housing and who in the state and these companies and the wealth of developers that can rebuild the cities. 
looking at our insurance companies and why are they not providing medical insurance, just insurance, okay? We are the insurance capital of Hartford. Then they should be building those campuses like Google did to make the mm-hmm. quality of life change, how we could bring people that want to work in those jobs and be in Hartford. I was just in Hartford and it's empty at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. That's not fun. I feel terrible for a mayor up and up in Hartford. And I totally come in to help. Okay, listen, mm-hmm. I see why we should have skyscrapers being built in Hartford and where we could get the people moving from from around the country. There's, we should also be a marketing genius to go back to Boston and get them back. Okay, <laughs> we should have a, an entire <clears throat> tourism plan, which we're, I'm going to talk in a minute. When we talk about bringing tourism to the state of Connecticut, there is a way that if you do numbers, which you're going to see during my campaign, it's going to blow you away because this is the numbers that they are not doing in this state. I don't know what twiddling their thumbs they're worrying about. They got to start worrying about the people. Stop taxing everybody. We can the tolls could solve so much of this situation that you we think, can even... You think the tolls have a shot now? Absolutely. I heard <clears> it's <throat> like $800 million. <clears throat> The solution is we got to electronicize them. Greenwich, mm-hmm. Stonington, Danbury, mm-hmm. Enfield. Mm-hmm. Those four towns are going to take the hit. But at the same time, if that's where the state needs to step in, help those four towns, whatever issues that's going to step in. Mm-hmm. But at that same time, we can make residents be able to get either a tax credit we can physically make them be able to go through electronically and not be charged mm-hmm. there's points that we want to get the people passing through paying their buck for our infrastructure and that's important doesn't need to have them everywhere we do not need one here in haven we have just built a beautiful bridge here across the cube in the quinnipiac this does not need the toll okay we could physically get things completed that bring so you the money would do back. it at the, at the borders as, as absolutely mm-hmm. i think so i think that's on its way okay mm-hmm. the biggest thing too is you know there's a difference between hartford and bradley and the shoreline mm-hmm. people in Brantford, connecticut really don't go to hartford okay we it's an, an inconvenience to go out of bradley okay mm-hmm. and there's numbers that the tweed new haven airport which is even in situations needs to be another hub we need to make sure that we physically on the shoreline can get in and out of here conveniently. So how well do you know Mayor Matura? Oh, I do know him. He actually was the first person <laughs> I bumped into and actually shook my hand and said, good luck, because he knows that I obviously want the airport. <laughs> but at the same time, is that mission is something that I will help step in <clears throat> because <clears throat> there's development. Those are billion dollars of income. <clears throat> Those are jobs, long-term jobs, okay? Not just $10 jobs. And that's where eventually we can become a crate airport. Crate, okay? Mm-hmm, there is mm-hmm. an airport where we could switch from oil and go to a whole other way of what we're doing. There's assets in the state where we can actually bring in the tourism, which I mentioned ago, which will bring in costly almost 45 million people to mm. come in the state of Connecticut and offer us billions of dollars because they want to come here. We need to reinvest in our hotel chains, okay? They're, you know, Marriott hotel. just bought up. Mm-hmm. You know, hospitality is huge. Look at our major hubs like mm-hmm. Las Vegas and things like that. There is solutions that we can bring. And this is where, again, I told you, this is not time for a politician to run Hartford. But it's not time to have a business person run the state like a business. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. Because we need to focus on the infrastructure. We need to focus on things like healthcare and security. The citizens that need to provide the services they need. Okay, and mm-hmm. business doesn't do that. It does it at a profit. Mm-hmm. A government runs it like a nonprofit. So right. we physically don't need to make another. I guess, sorry to say this, sorry Malloy, but it's time's up and you need to go. And if you you want the right person running behind you, um, she's sitting here right here talking to you. 
What um, what has surprised you most in your day in your day in running for governor? I mean, how have you? The wh- biggest thing that's changed is the support. Hmm. I cannot believe the amount of people who can care less about my past and are here to support me. Why will get in our video? I will talk to you. There's not going to be behind the scenes, and that's what's changed in the way I've seen this. These people have fallen in love with me. They like what they're hearing. Okay, they have said, I'm voting for you. I will switch party to vote for you. I've never, Republicans are saying it. I've never voted for a Democrat in my life. I would vote for you. Hmm. That's a huge mission. And I can, I mean, a huge respect and uh, appreciation to myself. And unfortunately, you know, today's day is just the beginning of where we're heading. Okay, this is just the beginning Wait mm-hmm. till you see the website and the videos we're going to be creating, the TV ads. The mission to $250,000 is going to be accomplished. You can mark my word. We are going to get... Because that really is not... That's, a, the, that's the determined number we need to get. Right. And if that's 2,500 people giving me $100. We could do 14 people in every town to do that. You are going to have a people on your phone calling you, telling you to support us. That's not a big mission for this. And how much will you receive once you achieve that goal from the state? I think the grant is like two, and if you win, then two, two million. Yeah, and mm-hmm. for the uh, and then I think it's six point something million if you win the actual nomination. Right, right. So we have money coming to us, and I this is where I want to head. I don't need to support my campaign. People want to support my campaign, and that's going to be a huge difference. I, I just the right person, the right look, the right time for me to be out here, and you know, being an outsider is probably the biggest bonus for me being inside and involved in this circle. Right, right. And of course, the unpredictability of the Trump campaign um, really has to make people think uh, that this is a possibility for you. Absolutely. If, if, if we could put a non-politician in the president's role, I'm pretty sure we could put a non-politician in that has not <laughs> needed to hold an elected seat office. I do pretty good at speaking at most of the town meetings and people listen. Right. And again, you need experience. I have the experience to make great decisions and bring great ideas. And I get where people are coming from. Now, is Branford supporting you in some fashion Absolutely. other than the Democrats, which because you, you're a member of that party? But how do you feel when you go around town? Um, I, I can't get enough people. I tell you every single day. Oh, I read your article. I saw you on TV. I'm going to vote for you. I, I That's what's out there. That's I, what's over new. and right, over and over. I, every place I go, they're looking at me and saying or shaking my hand. And it's changed the point of where we're heading it's from this point, not just for the campaign position of where I'm heading. As I've mentioned prior, I'm not looking to become the most famous person running for office. This wasn't where my mission was. We need to make solutions and fix them. I'm, most people out there who are in the positions that are mm-hmm. in office right now, mm-hmm. they know if putting me in office, I'm going to make serious change. Mm-hmm. They realize that I'm the person that could actually should be there running our town. Okay, this is what people out in the towns are why they support me. I needed to get to the Democratic side to make it happen. And that's what we well, never... Well, of course, needed. though, you yeah. haven't done that well, obviously, in when you've run before. An independent can't win. Right. Okay, we mm-hmm. knew this. I needed to get that recognition out there to make sure people have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Me running as a Democrat probably two, four years ago now, or four mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. I, I would have been Slackman. That would have been the difference of where it needed to go. The Democrat Party should have also stepped up too. They had a some candidate. They had a very valuable person out there that they needed to anchor into their side too. So I just made it happen. 
So the difference nowadays is getting the people in Brantford, they're in. <laughs> There's my support. We, I, The Facebook, you think most of them are on Brantford. It's hysterical. But it's great. That's the, because the local heard it. Now, there has been talk about Ted Kennedy running for governor. Uh, I mean, he has... I've not he, heard that. <laughs> you have not heard no. that. Really, I can't believe that you haven't heard that. And, um, you know, that might happen. Um, he hasn't said for sure yet, so... You know, and he can take his time deciding, and then we would have two candidates from Branford running for governor. Think because about Ted, that. Ted, Ted lives in Branford um, and is now a state senator. Um, what's your thought about that, Jacey? So my thought on that is that, um, obviously, if you got to think about it, then they're not a valuable candidate. Number uh, say, one. Say that again? If you are thinking about this, uh-huh. you'd have to file exploratory papers, which is out there, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Look at the actual thing. There's two Democrats they're running for governor in the state of Connecticut right now. All the others are Republicans of that group of 12, 12 people. Okay? Mm-hmm. The exploratories don't count. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, if you're planning to explore or think about it, mm-hmm. you're, what are you waiting? You, you, sh- you have just wasted another day of someone else's opportunity that should have been there. So, I'm going to tell you on where he stands. Uh, well, guess what? I need a lieutenant governor down the road. And if he wants to start being vetted for it, he can absolutely start talking to our group and others that I see out there. Because at this time in my life, we know and have a very strong mission of where we're heading. And any other competition, if that's what we're going to call them, mm-hmm. go out there and say who you are. Mm-hmm. We will absolutely may not maybe support where you're heading. And we have a very... Very large group growing on my side because I'm in the right place at the right time. And those days that you're going beyond us, you're going to have to gain up on where we are ahead of us. Right. So if he wants to do it, he should do it. If that's what he wants to do. If not, he could come come become your lieutenant governor. I, I absolutely would be open to conditioning where we are with our lieutenant governor because that's the group that's going to grow behind us. Right. Okay. right. We are going to bring the people that should be involved. I would tell you that I don't know if I would want him as my lieutenant governor, though. Okay. I don't think we have mm-hmm. the same core values at certain things, mm-hmm. but at the same time, is how I'm open. You, how I'm open you, to. How it. Would, I actually probably would want a Republican to be my lieutenant governor. That's actually I'm going to tell uh, you that right when now. When you think about it, you'd like rather have a Republican be your so to, to, a Republican to, changed over yes. to a Democrat. Yes, yes, as opposed to Kennedy. Yes, yes. Because and, I'm not the Kennedy family. That that's just I don't come from that same background. Mm-hmm. It's not my mission. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the state's ready for another political family. Mm-hmm. I, I, they want someone, an army, and a boat of leaders to come, uh, not a boat of workers, mm-hmm. to get this fixed. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. They need mm-hmm. this fixed. They don't need legislators coming up with their own agendas. I don't have an agenda. I have here to fix this for the people. Mm-hmm. And that's my mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, this is fascinating. So you would really consider a Republican uh, and that, you know, sort of like a blended Absolutely. party. I want the Republicans to consider anybody, that anybody, all of their I, candidates I'm sorry. might not be who they want. They might need to cross endorse the Democrat that's actually leading the group. Right. Have you thought of anyone, perhaps? I have a couple people in mind. Uh-huh. I actually have a Democrat that I actually do like. That's not out there right now. <laughs> I have to say that. <laughs> there's one Democrat you like. There, the, no, no, there's many. There's many. There but many, I but mean, the ones that I would qualify that they would be able to just stay on the path where I'm heading mm-hmm, with this. Mm-hmm. I don't want politics to be part of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is somebody I like and outsiders and I like people that can. We have plenty of people calling us, telling us everything I need to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So don't worry that well, we might not have experience. Oh, believe me. I have every person on phone call that we can get the truth, the answers. We have like a news reporters in our group that are here every day for us. So 
with any number you want to know, call us. We'll let you know what the truth is, by the way. <laughs> but at the same time, is um, New Haven area right now, we have somebody, me, standing in front of you, asking to do something that we've never done. Just putting a transgender person as the first governor ever of the state of Connecticut. But you have somebody that's here for you. Okay, mm-hmm. this isn't going to change. I'm not going to change you. You've known me, Marsha. Okay, and you've seen me grow. No, I, I have seen you grow, and I do know you, and I know that you mean what you say. Absolutely, and I these people have somebody here that they can actually vote for, and that's where this comes to. Mm-hmm. They have to get them to vote. Okay, right. now the money's the immaterial part. <laughs> right, and this would, and, and what we're really talking about now is is uh, ex- expanding your landscape to the state level. Oh yeah, yeah, literally. So it looks like our time is up. It goes fast when the guests are so interesting and uh, and have so much to tell us. So we, we are just delighted, JC, that you have uh, taken the time today to appear on our Branford Eagle Legal Eagle radio show today. We're definitely going to have you back as this goes on because it is most fascinating. Uh, you can read, to our listeners, you can read the Branford Eagle on the newhavenindependent.org website. You can listen to a podcast of our program by clicking on New Haven Independent or the Branford Eagle. And thank you again, JC. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Marsha. I will do anything and everything. You want me. You know you got me. I reached out to you. I'm sorry, everybody, that I'm under the weather. I have had the worst cold, so I'm a little scratchy, and it's not me, truly, but I hope you heard me, and I appreciate you all. Come support us. Come to Facebook. Message me. Whatever you need, I'm here for you, and we're going to go take the capital back. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, JC, and you know your voice was just fine. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, everybody.